0: Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Come ready. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm gonna turn this Let's down. See. And okay. So, welcome to Peggy's Recovery Corner. We're here live today. We're live with Christina Rose, who's my friend. It's been a long time since we actually talked, um, except for we did we did some puppy talk recently. But it's so good to have you on here. I know like a few months ago when I first started this, actually like six months ago when I first started this podcast, I asked on my Facebook wall if there was any women that were interested in, that were in recovery and that were interested in being on, on the podcast. And um, you were one of the first ones that replied. It's been a long time because you're not available on Tuesdays, but now I made it um, for Sundays too, to kind of accommodate those that are working on Tuesdays at noon. And so I'm so happy that you're here today. Welcome to the corner.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I forgot about the Facebook post, actually. <laughs> I thought I was just special and you thought of me. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Well, you are, you are actually <laughs> very special. Yes. And uh, I think the most that we interacted back in the day or where our friendship sort of evolved was like when I had cancer, probably four years ago and you actually came in like, you were a friend and I really, really appreciate you for that and you're amazing. And, and um, so yes. I wanted to talk a little bit about your recovery. And, and first and foremost, that we wanna learn about who is Christina. Like how did, where did, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? I'll ask some questions along the way. And then um, just tell me who you were and, and what happened and I, then we'll get to like where you got into things like the drugs or the alcohol or both. So where are you from? Who's Christina Rose?
1: So I um, I was born in South Bay and raised in South Orange County. My family moved down here when I was young, like three. Um, and so I've, I've never left. I've always been in South Orange County. Sorry if you hear my dog in the background chewing on a Ziploc bag. Hang on. You're good. Okay. I don't want to do a trip to the vet today. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, my family, I have, I have an older sister um, and a younger sister, and, um, and we have a lot of alcoholism in my family, and, um, yeah, that's pretty much that.
0: Okay, but but with having alcoholism in your family, did you, okay, when you were growing up, like obviously you were three years old, you moved to Orange County, is that where you moved? Mm-hmm. And then where'd you move? Laguna gal, And you, I mean, when did you, you yourself, if there was alcoholism in your house, when did you first start drinking or using?
1: So I must have been, I must have been like in middle school. So I was always told, because I have like, alcoholism like runs rampant, like on my dad's side of the family. And then you've got like mental illness on, uh, on both sides, but um, it's like all Irish Catholic men. And... I was always told, like, as a kid, like, if you pick up a drink ever in your life, like, you are at such high risk, you're going to turn out just this way, you know, um, like, you can't drink, you can't drink, because this is going to be the outcome, that was what I was always told, and and even though, like, I knew that, instead of, like, listening to that, um, I was just, like, out to prove them wrong if you will and show that like i could drink like a normal person whatever that's like you know so lo and behold my mom was right
0: (laughs) (laughs) so did you start drinking within the house or did you drink like with friends or did you take your parents alcohol
1: so the first time i the first time i I drank, it was with my older sister. So my older sister's three years older than me. And she was like my right hand man. Like she kind of introduced me to a lot of things. Like I, I, you know, I went out and like smoked pot on my own in middle school, just mm-hmm. with just some friends like at their house. But my older sister was really like the influencer, if you will, but also my dad, because he was, he was using drinking in the home. And so if ever I wanted, you know, to, to cope, with my feelings and the stuff I was going through, I would just go creep into his stash. So it was kind of just readily available for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And w- was drugs in the mix? Was it alcohol? Was it both?
1: Mainly, mainly alcohol, um, like prescription pills. That was always my big, my big thing was prescription pills and wow. um, and weed.
0: And then, okay, so prescription pills. Like, how did you get those? Was it um, in the medicine cabinet, or what was it?
1: Yeah. So it was my dad. My dad's always been addicted to, to painkillers, like as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I knew that, like from the time I was quite young and then, and then I started just kind of checking it out for myself and I would just go steal some of his pills.
0: And did, would you drink with it too, or just do them just as the pills that they were?
1: It was easier for me to get pills and weed than it was for me to get alcohol at the time. So my dad actually didn't drink in the home, like my sister drank, but my dad didn't start drinking until, cause he was, he was sober, like he was sober on his pills. Like he mm-hmm. had gotten multiple DUIs um, when I was super young, and so he didn't drink until probably way later into my teens. So alcohol was like a no-no in my house other than when my sister would randomly like get a bottle. You know how it is when you're young? It's like mm-hmm. tough to get alcohol. It's like I said it was easier to get weed and and steal my dad's pills.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: The good old days.
0: The good old days. So I mean so this was in your adolescence or even yeah. before?
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Like how young?
1: Um gosh, 14, 13, 14, you know, all in that range. I mean, I was in treatment by 17. So that was my, yeah, that was my first time going into treatment. Like as my friends are all like graduating high school, I was like on my way to. Adolescent. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And how long were you in treatment as a teen?
1: It wasn't long like because i i manipulated my weight out of it i was only doing outpatient and i like convinced my mom that oh i want to enroll in college and like i you know i'm i'm fine now it was just like this thing i went through and i'm all good you know and so she let me kind of stop going and plus my insurance ran out so you know so yeah i got out of that one it was probably a few months i think i stayed sober for like four months at the time.
0: And that was just staying sober because you were required to stay sober, like there was no recovery behind it or you knew nothing about recovery or you didn't know?
1: So I did know and I had gone to to meetings, you know, off and on with my dad over the years. So like I knew that like there was 12 step programs and whatnot Um, and then I did go, um, I did go to meetings when I was in um, in treatment, that was like a requirement, right? So mm-hmm. I did. That was my first introduction into twelve step work. I had a sponsor that I didn't really work with, like I mm-hmm. asked somebody, um, and yeah, that that was my first introduction. That was the first time that I sta- like identified as an alcoholic or addict. Like that was the first the first time, but I didn't really believe it because I was just, I was too young. It's not possible. I'm not even 21 yet. You know, all that stuff that you say as a young person mm-hmm. in any or at least that was my experience in okay. the
0: program. So when you um, obviously you didn't four months and then after that, what was it just because you were transitioning into young adulthood? It was like, Oh, I'm, I'm not done. I'm just going to keep partying
1: yeah, you know, um, I don't really have a problem, you know, all that, all that stuff. And really for me, it was like, because I started, you know, drinking and using at such a young age um, and then getting, trying to get sober at such a young age, I really felt like I didn't have an identity. Like this was like me, this was my, like the, the drinking and using was who I was. Like that was my crew of people. That was like my life. So then you take that from me and like what do I have? Like I had my cigarettes and I had nothing. Like I felt like I had nothing and I didn't know who Christina was. And and um and yeah, so I just I started drinking again and, and
0: <laughs> was there a certain scene that you hung out with? Like, you know, like some people were ravers or some people like like the rock music or punk? Yeah. What were what was Christina into?
1: Um, a little bit of all of it. I mean, back in the day, like when I was in high school or all like the scene like emo kids. and yeah, we would go to raves and stuff. I mean, we all did a lot of ecstasy and and i I did I did go to some raves and you know that that was just like our like my crew in high school, we were all getting getting loaded. Mm-hmm. you know, it was so I think it was either junior. was it my junior or sophomore year? One of my best girlfriends who's sober now um she and i like we already had so much like unmanageability in our life at such a young age that we tried to do like sober september because mm-hmm. we were like okay this is already like creating a problem right. and, and we made it probably like a couple of days and then we were like smoking pot again i mean it was just it was like kind of out of control but yeah i mean i hung out with whoever wanted to get loaded pretty much you know <laughs>
0: right right no
1: matter who you were, as long as you want to party
0: <laughs> okay so you said you went to treatment your first time when you were a teenager when yeah. did did treatment become a regular thing or did you go to treatment a lot more or just
1: only like- one more time i went one more time and i went through um i went through ashland so i relapsed after um after like the four months and then i just i went really hardcore so i started getting into heavier drugs um, and my drinking became really intense. My parents actually had me leave the house. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was just out of control. Yeah. Um, and, and then I, I picked up the phone and I called, you know, when I was, I was, I was ready to like seek help. Um, I picked up the phone. I, I called one of my, like my, my counselors from treatment. And this is why I think no matter, no matter how many times you've like been in treatment, I think it's so cool that every time you're like building a little bit of a foundation for recovery. And although like, relapsing is so gnarly it's and hopefully no one has to relapse it's like the reality is most of us do but every time that you come in it's like you're building a little bit of a stronger foundation you know so it's kind of the benefit but anyway i called like one of my counselors and she referred me to ashland Mm -hmm. um you know how
0: how old were you at that time i was 18. so this wasn't you went to to the first treatment center at 17. Uh your insurance ran out you stayed sober for four months and then the next year like obviously things weren't working out too well
1: no no it was pretty it was pretty quick and luckily because the next time i relapsed i could not get back in for a long time it took me a long time to get sober again after i was. so so I, I went into ashland and i actually like did the deal this time page like i like i really truly worked with the sponsor I like really dove in, um, to program and to working the 12 steps and, mm-hmm. um, and, and did, did, did the deal and I stayed sober for over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but again, like, did I really truly admit to my innermost self? Like that I had a problem. I, I looking back on it, I don't think so. I think I still always had that. I'm too young for this.
0: Yeah. You still had some mileage on you
1: totally yeah. and and i i utilize all my mileage by now
0: like <laughs> right no i get that so for those that don't know um ash i have an immense amount of respect for ashland i think that they do excellent work um they're down in south orange county they're known to be an indigent like somewhat of an indigent yeah. type of, because it's not treatment like there's not counselors and shit like that but like but they're, they're pretty much back to basics like no fucking round type of recovery home, right? Like yep. like you you just get into the book. Like we don't care, you know, what you did or how you did it. Like you basically got to dry out here. If you're an alcoholic, like and you have a seizure, you're going to the hospital, then you come back, but all that. But I've taken a lot of girls to Ashland because they didn't have the resources to be able right. to go to like bougie treatment or any kind of treatment for that matter. They had to go to Ashland and and like really like a lot of miracles come out of Ashland. So I like that um I love when people talk about their experiences with Ashland, whether they say yeah. so or not, at least they ended up at a place that's really about it, like about helping people. So I'm stoked that you went there and, and I and I get it, like you were super young, like you still yeah. weren't sure yet. So then you said that once you got, how long were you at Ashland, like a month or more?
1: I So they do, you do 30 days there. Um, and it's free and it's all volunteer based. And I love Ashland too. I mean, it has it's a
0: non-profit. A, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Such a special place in my heart. And after the 30 days I stayed in, in sober living for, I think, I think I did a couple of months right? and then I was in another sober living and um, yeah, I stayed sober for like a little over a year.
0: Okay. So then you were like almost turning 19 and then
1: yeah, such a
0: baby. just what happened then? I mean, what the fuck happened?
1: So Gosh, I just, you know, and at that at that time again, I was young, right? So, um, and I didn't, I still like hadn't figured out who I was, and I became very obsessed with um, putting out like instead of really working on healing myself, um, I really tried to portray and push this image of like if I if I dress this way, if I look this way, if I drive this car, then I'm gonna feel better, right? So. And, and that was like what all of my focus was on, and um, and le- and my recovery became less and less as I like continued to get into ego and just like all this materialistic bullshit, which I think we see a lot, you know.
0: It's, it's, um, it's that sh- like living, it's shiny shit—the stuff that we think is going to yeah. fill us up and make us feel good.
1: Yeah, and it did for a minute, you know, yeah. like my designer shit, and like blew through all of this money that like I wish I still had to this day, but it's beside the point, you know, driving cars, I couldn't afford. And, and, you know, it was just like, just madness. And so I don't even know exactly when I relapsed, because it was one of those, like, it was one of those, um, like, oh, I, I took a couple of Vicodin, but like, I'm still sober things. And then that like led into um, just like a gnarly um, kind of Vicodin addiction. Mm hmm. Um, that kind of just like spiraled for me, and then I started drinking again. So it's like whenever I involve alcohol back in, that's when like I'm I'm toast. Like I can't. I'm not like a. I, I can kind of function and hold things together well when I'm on prescription pills, but like when it comes to booze, like I'm I'm just a goner. I'm done.
0: It's like wrecked. Huh?
1: Yeah, I just am like a just a pig when I drink. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. it's just not good.
0: So would, um, did you ever get into like harder drugs or was it just prescription pills? Like, did you start getting into like, I mean, you were using opiates, so yeah. will, like transfer into other types of drugs Were yeah. you heroin or anything like that?
1: So I've done heroin. Um but never was I like addicted to heroin by any means. I always had this thing in my head. Okay. Where I was like, listen, if I'm taking prescription pills, like it's really not that bad. Like I'm not an addict. I'm good. Like, and, and I kind of would barter with myself like that. Did I do heroin? Yeah. Maybe five times. Have I done meth? Of course, maybe five times.
0: (laughs) I mean, mean, South Orange County, like, Who the fuck wasn't doing meth back then, right? Oh my
1: God. But I don't know. I guess like the first few times that I tried meth, like my ex-boyfriend gave it to me and he said it was like really nasty stuff. Like, I don't know what it was like. I was just leaned over, like picking at my legs for hours. It was not a fun time. So he told you it was nasty, but he gave it to you. Well, of course, yeah. (laughs) He's like,
0: this this
1: this is not good stuff. So I'm kind of glad though that that was my experience because you never know, you know, but yeah, I mean, I would rather take Adderall than do, you know, cause in, I can rationalize that all day long. Like, okay, it's just a pill. Like I have this prescribed to me. How bad can it be? Yeah. How bad can it be to take a bunch of bars and drink a bottle of Jack Daniels? It's a prescription, you know? So that was like my, my head. Right. I'm just, I'm a high-end drug addict because I don't slam dope every day. Like, then that's really my, that was really my thinking. Like, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. It was kind of an ego thing, you know?
0: And who are you living with during all this time? Just uh apart your own place or with boyfriends or?
1: Yeah, my own place. I moved, I moved down to, um, I had a roommate, um, in Laguna Niguel, and then I moved down to San Clemente, and that was when my drinking really got out of control. I turned 21, and because, um, because
0: San Clemente is like just this party town, I know they, they do a lot of partying in San Clemente.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was for me. I had um, the bar the bars were like walking walking distance from my house, and this was like the first time I turned 21. Like in sobriety, I don't know if because I, I I like I said I like relapsed, but I like didn't really identify as relapsed, you know, and and. Anyway, I turned 21 sober and then I moved down to San Clemente and it was like, it's on like, I was just partying and it was, it was kind of fun. Like looking back on it, there wasn't like a lot of drugs at that time. It was just like, just straight every day in the bar.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're now at this time you're 31. So that, and you have what, almost six years of sobriety, right? Yeah. And does that mean like you got sober at 23, 24 years old?
1: 26,
0: 31. Oh, sorry. My math sucks.
1: I can't. I literally. 25,
0: was- 25 or 6. Yeah.
1: I just went out with this guy like the other week and he was like, wait, so you got sober at what age? And I was like, Oh, 20. And I said it and I'm like, I can't figure out the math. And now I'm so embarrassed. I'm saying this again on a public platform. Like, I don't even know how old was I? I think I was 25. Right. 25.
0: So what, what happened that you, I mean you party for like a good three or four or five years from 21 and on. So what happened that you got sober?
1: Yeah, and it was that it was that time like I could not get back, like I couldn't get back. And there was just so much destruction that happened in that time frame. I was in a really 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 terrible relationship that oh my god, it was so bad, um really abusive, just terrible relationship and we were doing a lot of drinking and using together and really abusive and um from both of us. Um and and we, we went to jail together and, and anyway, so when I got sober, it was, I I had gotten out of jail and I was like, I'm not going to drink anymore. You know, that whole thing. And, and then yet again, here I was like hiding, pretending I'm sober and doing well and hiding this like prescription pill addiction that I've got going Mm on. And this time when I got sober, like August 31st, it was actually my dad. Um, Finally, was at a place where he was like getting evicted from his apartment, um, had nowhere to go, like just drinking himself to death. And I was like showing up for him, like helping check him into the hospital and doing all this stuff, and acting like I'm like this hero, like oh look at me helping my dad, you know. When meanwhile I'm secretly getting high, you mm-hmm. know. And um, and so one day I was taking him to check in at treatment. I, I, we got him into a treatment center, and I was driving to to check him in. And like, Pej, I I didn't have any intention of like not taking a pill that day. It just didn't happen. Like, I just didn't. I I believe that like God gifted me like that first day mm-hmm. of just not picking up a pill. And then all of a sudden, like the second day and I didn't pick up a pill. And then the third day and I didn't pick up a pill or a drink, you know? And then those days went by and I was like, holy shit, like I'm sober. And then I picked up the phone and I called um, my old, my old house mom from Ashland. And I was like, Hey, can you sponsor me? I need help. And she was like, thank God you're back, you know? And then, and then that was kind of how it happened. So nothing like there was no incident other than like, I watched my, I watched what I thought was an act of God, like my dad being willing to go into treatment, and mm. I believe that like God just gave me my sobriety back. Like it sounds kind of cheesy, but like that's kind of how it happened for me. I didn't do it's anything. go into, treatment, you know,
0: it's not cheesy at all. I think it's one. I think it. That's what we call God's divine intervention. I yeah. believe that intervene. So. um you went to jail. Do you mind talking about that? Like, what'd you do, you little gangster? Like what, so, I mean, what, that all about?
1: So let me, let me just tell you that I'm like the most not gangster person in the world. I, am, <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I'm the biggest, I'm the biggest wimp. And like, I, I like, it was so terrible being in jail. Cause I'm like, here I am this like spoiled little South Orange County little chick. And then I'm like in jail, you know? And anyway, so the ex-boyfriend that I mentioned earlier oh my gosh we were just we were just like we were on a sick one he's like next level and so we were really bad influences on each other but um he and he and a friend they um they basically they robbed their old boss so they went into his house i was passed out like in the in the car and they Walked into his house and took a safe out of his house, and the safe had one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cash. So mm-hmm. I went to jail for residential burglary and grand theft. Wow. Yeah. So, and I did most of more jail time than both of those assholes, and I didn't even go into the house because they're little bitches. So.
0: So did you, I? Mean, did you get charged with that? Like, you actually had to do time for that?
1: Yeah, I did three months. My well, I did I did ten days in <laughs> county um over christmas mind you so my first time in jail and it's like christmas eve and christmas day i mean oh it was terrible but um and i'm coming off drugs you know not a fun time at all at all let me tell you right. um that was that was from the mugshot that i sent that um you have in the in the thumbnail I mean, or
0: that mugshot of you is unrecognizable <laughs> I'm am t- telling you right now that doesn't look like you. That looks like just a whole different person.
1: I know, and I was so happy when I finally got it because it just I looked at it and I was like, wow, like God is good. Like this was this was me. Like this was this was me. And now, like, look at my life now. It's just it's it it just oh, it's just insane. But yeah, my my um, I, my um, face was all black and blue because my ex-boyfriend had, I guess I was beating him up. I don't remember. Who knows? And then he clipped me. He was really tall and kind of like bigger guy. And he clipped me in the face allegedly with his mm-hmm. elbow. And like my eye was like all red. And I mean, I, it was, it was intense. So then every time like the deputies in jail would like pull me aside and make me sit down and they're like, what's happened because they thought i was getting my ass kicked in jail i'm like no i came in with this like look at my bracelet see see you know yeah. so
0: <laughs> wow okay so so when you did get sober finally like you said it was that time obviously i was going to ask you this like there's a lot of trauma that happened do you think you were using and drinking because of trauma throughout your life oh. other than other than the relationship trauma because it sounds like you guys you were in some cluster of uh, scenarios and relationships yeah.
1: perhaps. Yeah, you can but, say that. But
0: I mean, like, do you think you were just using because you love the effect just because you love the effect? Or was, was there shit that you like probably needed to work through, but you were just numbing out?
1: Oh, oh 100%. I mean, I, there was a lot of, without going into too much detail, I'm um, just out of respect for my family and stuff. But there was like a lot of physical violence in the home mm-hmm. and so i never had like i had anxiety from like a super super young age because i didn't i never felt like safe i didn't feel like i had stability there was like there like i said there was physical violence which then you hear me talk about beating up my boyfriend i would drink and then that violence would come out of me i'm like the most chill person mm-hmm. but when i drink i'm like such an anger i'm a fighter right because that was what happened to me. So like, if, if I have a man when I'm drinking, like if you're a man and you're in my face or even sober, like if you're a big dude and you're in my face, like I'm going to hit you. Like I'm going to get super aggressive because it's, I go into protection mode. Um, but yeah, definitely there was, there was some definite trauma for sure. Um, growing
0: up. So what I, this is when I first met you, I think you probably had like a year or two of sobriety. Yeah. And, and i would see you you know in certain recovery rooms or whatever wherever we go, right we won't talk about all that but i just you know i was like what's she all about like what's her story and you were pretty avid like you were a regular you were there regularly like yeah you would suit up you'd show up and i was like okay she seems serious i mean she looks young but like she seems serious you never really know there's a lot of young people like they're there but then they're not there all of a sudden like now you see them now you don't um, exactly yeah. Test, testing the waters quite often but um I, I what makes you take your recovery so seriously like why 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 did you why did christina rose come into recovery and like stay
1: <clears throat> well honestly this this first time page like when i when I got, when I first got sober, I did not take it seriously. I was kind of more like inconvenienced if you will, which is terrible to say, but I, I didn't want to do AA. Like I just, I didn't, you know, and I got, so what I, what did I do? I got into a relationship at like four months sober. And then that was really humiliating because he like proposed to me after like four months and then, and then broke up with me. And it was like very public humiliation, if you will. Yeah. And, um, and that pain is what drove me to, I was like, I'm not relapsing over this fucking guy. And that drove me into my recovery. So like when I met you, that was at that time, like I was I was coming up on a year and I just, I was just sick of like feeling like that, like sick of trying to feel better because of a dude, mm-hmm. sick of trying to like fill my cup with shit that just wasn't real. And so that's why I started taking it so seriously. I was just like, "Dude, fuck this!" And I just wanted to feel better. I did, and like I was so grateful for that relationship because it just it gave me my recovery. Really, it did. You know, just that was my kind of breaking point.
0: And you took it serious. I mean, like you yeah. you've done the work, obviously, because because yeah. it seems like you're here to stay. You, you're almost six years. But next month is six years. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's so awesome. Um, I mean, I haven't seen you as much over the years, but, but I see you from a distance and I did notice that you got married. I did notice that you had a beautiful little kid. Um, yeah. I guess now you're a single mother. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, well, I won't even ask about all that, but, but I, but what's it like, like being a single mom?
1: It's, you know what it's, it's. it's it's the recovery aspect of it is as a challenge because I also work full time. I work full time and I've got my kid. I do like share time now with his dad, but, um, but I still have like limited time to like go on a regular basis to the meetings that I used to frequent, you know, stuff like that. But thank God for like the one good thing about COVID um, for me was because my son's going to be two in October and like COVID hit like right around you know he wasn't that old mm-hmm. and so it was so cool to be like a mom of a young infant and be able to hop on onto zoom meetings all the time i was like okay. this is so rad yeah like, very we were- convenient yeah, it was perfect. And so still, I I try to take advantage of that, but it's not, I don't have like the consistency in my recovery that I used to. And I think a lot of moms, whether they be single or not, kind of have that struggle. You've got your kid running around, or I, I drag my kid to meetings with me, but now he's, he's just charging around the room and I'm like, dude, you know? So, um, the one thing that I've done is just try to stay in contact, close contact with my higher power and stay. I'm very current with my sponsor. Hmm, sponsor.
0: And what do you do for work?
1: I manage a dental office.
0: So if you're managing a dental office, where's your kid in like daycare?
1: He goes with his dad. So when I go to work, he's, he's kind of with his dad. So we're, we've been blessed that we've been able to kind of navigate both of our schedules to um, make it so that he's never had to go into like a daycare setting.
0: Good. Very good. So, yeah. So have you had a lot of friends that have overdosed and died? Yes. How is yeah. that? How do you deal with that?
1: You know, what's funny, Pez just like, I, I literally was just putting on this shirt and I realized that this was, I think you know her, I don't want to say her name, but the one, mm-hmm. that the blonde gal that just recently passed.
0: Yeah. You guys were was,
1: friends? Like not really close, but like we hung out, like she was friends with one of my best friends and, and like we hung out, you know, this was her shirt and, um, and I just put it on and I was like, fuck, man. And it hit me like, it, it was totally ironic that you then asked that because because um, I was like, dude, she was so young and just like so beautiful. And just like her spirit was just, she was one of those people that like, even if you didn't know her, like she made you feel like you were her friend, like right away, you know? She had, really-
0: she had an amazing spirit about her. Like yeah. there was just, I could never be mad at her, like, except for yeah. when, the relapses then i would be like uh, what fuck are you doing like you're gonna no, die i yeah.
1: know and it's so i was just talking to a friend of mine about this this morning it's like it's so crazy how some of us just get it like that like with for me i feel guilty sometimes i'm like i didn't even try this time like i didn't even try it was just like god just like gave me the poof there you go there's your sobriety back now do something with it you know um but but so many that try to come back like continual just chronic relapse, it is, and they come back, but then they go out and, and you know, that whole cycle is like, why do some of us make it? And some of us don't, it's just terrible. I've known a, a bunch of people to relapse and die over the years, being in, yeah. the, in, in 12 step communities. You, you see that it's terrible. You mm. know, it's just awful. And it's the it's reality, like, jail, death. It's yeah. pretty much all we've got. Mm -hmm. or you get sober and you recover.
0: That's it. That's all there is to it. I mean, but there's some work to be done and then some more work and that's okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, if you have anything that you could say to anybody out there because you got sober young and you're still super young, like you're like when I was young. No, you're still young. Like compared (laughs) to me, like you're still super young. So what what do you have, anything you want to say before we finish up that... Could be helpful to somebody who might be struggling
1: dude i you know i as a young person i everybody says like oh just like find your people and like reach out to everybody um and for me like as a young person i didn't <laughs> i didn't want to like hang out with the young people you got to find your crew i found it in like the 40 50 60 year old women i was not and still don't hang out with like the young people in and that's not my crew like i my like my circle is like the older ladies. so find find your people whatever that looks like and just be willing to be open-minded and like you don't have to hang out with the young people just because you're young like you can that's what's so cool about about recovery right Is like you i can have something in common with like the 65 year old lesbian you know mm-hmm. that has a completely different circumstance than me but like we have this closeness we have this sameness mm-hmm. and um yeah so just find your people whatever that looks like and don't feel pressured and but just reach out you have to reach out which i hate knowing so I have
0: a nice <laughs> awesome well it's, it's good to see you again i hope when i i'm down in orange county i do see you sometime in one of those one of those rooms we end up in sometimes but yes. i I, really, I enjoyed hearing from you it's good to see you good to hear from you good to see you be a mother for your a, a sober mother for your child it's thank such you. so awesome just remarkable and um keep doing what you're doing and i you know i i look forward to seeing you too in the future thanks for coming to the corner
1: thank you so much for having me pez
0: <laughs> have a good one
1: <laughs> you, you too. bye
0: bye